Welcome to Tackless Radio. smack a bitch <laughs> hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of tagless radio and it is i be bad and that beautiful bomb black ass woman y'all heard screaming on your way in here was none other than rico nasty a dc native a fave of mine because i'm loving black girls that get into rock black girls that get into emo black girls that get into metal because black girls are not a monolith we love different types of music we have different types of style so i love when other black girls show it off especially when they look so good doing it so that was miss rico nasty smack a bitch and I love it because it's, oh, it's such a good Monday morning song to listen to to get the week started. Ooh. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the episode this week. And this week, it actually is just moi. I know for the last couple of months, I've had a lot of interviews. You all have heard a lot of different voices. We've talked about a lot of things. But this week, you just get me. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get into Shit I Saw. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, and welcome to Shit I Saw. I know it's kind of crazy. I've not done a Shit I Saw in a while, um, and What's making this even crazier to me is that the shit I saw that I want to do, it's some scary shit. And I'm using a lot of S's and a lot of alliterations right now, but I do want to highlight the seriousness of what I'm about to share. I'm just going to read the article and then we're going to come back to the circle and discuss as a class. Okay, awesome. New Secret Service report. Details growing in sale terrorist threat. 
The federal government on Tuesday released a study on the growing terrorist threat from men who call themselves anti-feminist or involuntary celibates, which is also known as incels, and draw motivation for violence from their inability to develop relationships with women. Since 2014, attacks inspired by the incel movement air quotations, and spanning the U.S. and Canada have left dozens dead. So here's the thing. This information is not new. This information is not new to women or women presenting individuals. We understand how dangerous men are. Historically, we understand how dangerous men are. Men are are literally the reason we are in a war right now. Because when they can't get their way, they throw a fucking tantrum. Women and women presenting individuals, we know this information. This is nothing new to us. But what is scary and what is new is that the FBI is classifying in sales anti-feminists as a growing terrorist group, meaning that you motherfuckers who think that you are so entitled to a woman's body that you will kill her because you cannot have her, you assholes have been so emotional over what you think you deserve that now all of you all have started to band together and you all make podcasts and online forums and marches about your lack of getting pussy to the point that it is now classified as a terrorist organization. (sighs) Jesus, Jesus, I don't know. Jesus, the men that you sent down here to protect us are killing us because we won't give them box. Whenever you're ready, Lord, whenever you are ready, just come on down because I can't take it anymore. I literally cannot take it anymore. And you want to know what's interesting? There's a little piece of me, just a little piece, a speckle, if you will, that is happy that this information is now one fact Because unless something is fact or scientifically proven, niggas want to say that it's not real. So I'm happy that there have been enough studies, that there have been enough instances that this can now be classified as a fact that these crazy ass motherfuckers need to be put down because they are literally a threat to women, women's safety and the livelihood of women and women presenting individuals. Like I said, women, we've already known this information from to burning us with acid, to the cruelties of the medical industry, to domestic violence, to literally being killed because you told a man, no, thank you. I do not want to give you my number. 
These are these are the realities for women. And we've been yelling this. We've been yelling this to the fucking mountaintops for how many generations? For how many years? And men tell us that we're overreacting. Men tell us that we're lying. Men tell us that, oh, it was something that we did or something that we deserved. And why aren't we taking accountability? And now it is literally fact. It has been studied and it has been incidents that we are not overreacting. When I talk about how men ain't shit, when I talk about how these niggas need to be doing better, about the oppression of women, I'm not just saying it. I am literally sharing the experience of millions of individuals. And men are like, nah, that's a crock of shit. Because for some reason, the cognitive dissonance is crazy. Because unless you can literally put yourself in the position of a woman, or unless someone says, what if it happened to your mother? Or what if it happened to your daughter? You motherfuckers can't give a drop of empathy to put yourself in somebody else's shoes to understand where the fuck we're coming from. But now it's open season, bitch. Now it's open season. These incels, these anti-feminist, what's the difference between them being the KKK, alt-right, the good boys, in terms of the fight to end racial oppression? They are classified as terrorist organizations, and they have been responsible for killing individuals for putting fear in hundreds. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Like what would make these incels and these anti-feminists and these individuals who feel so entitled to a woman's body that they will kill because they cannot have a meaningful relationship with a woman? Because the thing is, these incels, they don't want to work on themselves. They don't go to therapy. They don't wash their ass. They don't work on their people skills. They don't work on themselves. These are individuals who think because they have a dick that that is the only thing that they need in terms of acquiring pussy. Because they believe that women are birthright to them. They believe that women are here to serve them to be their trophy. They look at women as objects. They are flabbergasted, flabbergasted that they're 24 and a virgin. That's why so many men go as far to manipulate, gaslight, coerce women into sex because they believe that we are not an actual individual. We are not human to them. We are a means to an end so that they can turn around and brag to the other men in their circles. We are a prop to them, a shiny toy that they can say, oh, look, guys, isn't my toy the shiniest? No, look at my toy. Isn't my toy the biggest? No, look at my toy. Isn't it the loudest? And that is why I go so hard about tearing down the patriarchy because it is life or death for women. 
It's life or death for us. The same way that if you are a person of color listening to my voice right now, for your grandparents, your great grandparents, your great great grandparents, it was life or death for them at one point. It was life or death for them at one point. The same way that currently it is life or death for women, for young women, because these anti-feminists and these incels are like all under 45 because millennial men, I guess, moving all the way down, once women as a whole were able to work, go to school, acquire an education, financially be independent, work on themselves, by themselves and for themselves and make decisions for themselves, not the decisions that society tells us we're supposed to make. Men are furious because how do you blame? How do you blame women who have an education, women who are financially dependent, women who can take care of themselves and take care of children without said man's help? How do you look at all of those amazing, fantastic things and say that that is the issue on why we as a society are failing? Like if women progressing is the reason why our society is failing, then we need to start the fuck over anyway. Because all that's telling me is that men are not ready for the progression. Men are not ready to step up and better themselves. Men are jealous. Men are jealous of women. How dare this prop, this toy, this non-human thing that's supposed to be my footstool, barefoot and pregnant and keep my home. How dare that thing have a better career than me? make more money than me, be liked more than me, be more popular than me, have better friends than me, be so confident. How can that thing outdo me? Because you motherfuckers were only, only okay with being each other's competition. Black men against white men, old men versus young men, athletic men, basketball versus... Because you all were accustomed to only being competitive amongst yourselves. Because men are naturally competitive, blah, whatever. And you all were so accustomed to having to just beat out the next man. Now you got to beat women. And you all are fucking furious about it. So furious that you all are terrorists. You have allowed your entitlement to drive you insane. You have literally allowed yourselves to become insane over something you think you deserve and for what? Because get this, every incel, I just want to ask you, what have you done to better yourself? If you are finding that you're not able to hold these meaningful, physical, sexual relationships with women, and your gaslighting won't work anymore, and your lies won't work anymore, and flashing your money won't work anymore. How about you try something different? But because the old rules don't work in this new age, you rather kill women about it. Instead of going to therapy, washing your ass, and having better social skills, you rather kill women. Instead of smelling like mildew and sitting in a basement and playing video games for three days straight, eating pizza and Mountain Dew. Instead of doing that, 
You rather just kill women because they don't want to come down to your mama basement with you and fuck you. Instead of getting a better job and not joining gangs and not selling drugs in our community. And you rather be upset at the women who have college degrees, who have financial stability, who have accolades, who have people who love them. You rather just be mad at those women and kill them because your life is not together. See, the men who are married right now, who are thriving right now, they get it. Times have changed. And either you get with the times or you get left. And some of y'all are so upset about getting left that you are out here literally killing women, creating forums online, bashing women, talking about how you want to kill women. There are Reddit posts. There are Reddit posts from incels talking about a woman who turned him down and him vividly, gruesomely describing how he would kill her. These forums, those internet chat rooms, they exist. And I know some of you all are like, okay, there's some horny men out here that are throwing a tantrum. What's the issue? The issue is that these motherfuckers found out that Best Buy had a sale on microphones and they're spewing this hate to younger generations, to other men who are frustrated. And instead of us trying to get a narrative out there about, hey, times have changed. Women are not looking for you to be their financial caretaker. Women are not looking to be a housewife or just barefoot and pregnant. Women are not looking to just only be your wife to keep a home and to bear your children. We're looking for more. We're looking for an equitable partnership. Instead of you all understanding that's where we are right now, that's where the times, that's where the times have progressed to, you all want to stand firm in your 1945 mindset of a woman and rather kill those who don't fit the bill. Because now you all, with your fucking podcasts, with your microphones and your YouTube shows and your TikToks and your and your conferences, it's becoming dangerous now. At first, maybe it was like, ha ha, he he. Look at that horny guy over there that can't get a woman and he's all upset at the girl who turned him down and I'm going to become this billionaire and I'm going to be the leader of this tech company and she's going to be looking for a job and I'm going to, I'm going to turn her down and yeah, that'll show her like you all literally live in a fucking fantasy and it's dangerous. This fantasy that you think that because that popular cheerleader girl in high school turned your weird ass down for the simple fact that she didn't like you, not because of anything else for the fact that women have choice regardless of what you think, she literally turns you down and all you all can fantasize about is getting that particular person back. You all are sick and you all are telling other people that it's okay to get that person back because how dare she turn down a good guy? By the way, if you have to verbalize that you're a good guy, you're not one. Straight up. You're not one. If you think you're a good guy, I promise you, you are shitty at your core. But instead of getting with the times, you all rather get podcasts and spew garbage 
to other men who feel similarly to you and to younger men who think that this is the way. And just making more complications for many of us who are trying to do the good work and dismantle the patriarchy. It's now, it now just became more difficult. We are looking at the KKK of the women's movement. We are looking at the Aryan Brotherhood of the women's movement. And I have no other way of looking at these incels and anti-feminists. You all are no better and no different from alt-right organizations. Point blank, period. Prove me wrong. And I also, because I am a black woman, so I have to say this, I also understand that there's a lot of conversations happening where a lot of the male podcasts that are the most inflammatory, the ones that say the most conservative ideologies, the ones that are the most disparaging and damaging, those male podcasts are hosted by black men. And I want black men who believe in the red pill ideology to hear me and hear me good. You too are an incel and you too are an anti-feminist. I don't give a fuck about your male positivity bullshit. I don't give a fuck about the fact that you're trying to teach other men how to quote unquote get women. It is a horrible, horrible take that you all are giving to younger men about how they too can hate women. And I have to say this because there's so many other individuals that want to call out the male, the black male podcast community. And the reason that they feel that they cannot call out the black male podcast community is because they're black. And those particular individuals are very quick to say that someone is being racist. But me as a black woman, I'm going to call you out. Because you all are no different than conservatives. You all are no different than conservatives. You all are no different than the tiki torch motherfuckers that go out to march for Trump. Your ideologies rest in the same space as the people who would love to see you swing from a tree. And that's the part that really hurts. You know, that's the part that kills me. I thought we were supposed to be in this together, but I listen to black male podcasts about how to get women and red pill ideology. And, and the reason why black women are so masculine is because of this and whatever the fuck I'm here to let you all know too, that I am lumping you all as well in the same bucket as the KKK, as Aryan Brotherhood, as alt-right organization, as the Tiki Torch motherfuckers, you all are no different. The way that you spew your hate, the way that you talk down about an individual as if they are not human, the way that you look at women as if they are items, the way that you talk about what women should and shouldn't do, and none of you all have a uterus. But, 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 but put your laws on our uterus. 
Y'all are no different than lawmakers who said separate but equal, right? That's what you all wanted, right? Equality, right? You niggers, you got your equality. You can eat at the same lunch table. You just got to eat in the back. You can use the bus. You can use the bus. You just got to sit in the back. You want to go to the movie theater? Yeah, 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 yeah. Only these certain days on these certain times, but you got to enter through the back. You want to go to school? You can go to school. But we're going to torture you if you go to our school. See, I can't really, as a black woman, which is why intersectionality is so important, I can't, as a black woman who understands my black history, not call out the correlation as I also fight for my womanhood. Because it is scary. It is scary how similar those two are at this day and age. And you all have already heard me say that in terms of women progression, the women's fight dismantling the patriarchy, we are only at the Jim Crow level of abolishing the patriarchy where racism is way further along than the women's movement. And I guess I got to be Malcolm X. And I guess I have to be fucking Malcolm X because I understand. And I, and as you all have heard with my guest from my last episode, I understand that there are going to be men out there that are going to be doing amazing work. And I understand that there are men out there that seriously want to help. I understand that we have good men who are on the ground risking their lives for women. Because the crazy thing is, Good men, actual good men, they are hurt when women have to cross the street late at night when they see them coming because they understand that as a whole, the perception of men as a whole is that they are dangerous. And I don't have time to figure out if you're a good man or a bad man. All I know is in a split second, you could take my life. So I have to protect myself. And good men, are upset about that being a reality and they do something to change it. Shitty men tell women, well, why were you walking out? Why were you walking late at night? What were you wearing? Did you have your headphones in? Oh, girl, you overreact and that man wasn't going to do nothing to you. You motherfuckers, I hope somebody puts you all down. Point blank period. I hope somebody puts you all the fuck down. So this is some scary shit, ladies. This is some scary shit, fems. We are living in some crazy fucking times. But it definitely shows you how powerful pussy is. Because you all will go as far to kill for it. You all will go as far to make terrorist organizations and groups and podcasts for it. Which is why I love Being a voice amongst women progression, because I love reminding women that you were the shit always and forever. And now we got to strap up. (sighs) There's a stud joke in there that I'm not going to touch. I just, you know, I'm going to try and not be a child. But it's time for us to strap up. We need guns, 
We need tasers. We need support groups. And we need men who are actual allies, who are accomplices and co-conspirators. We need them to be just as loud as the incels and the anti-feminist. And not just the men that are like, well, I got a mama, so I want to help. I got a sister, so I want to help. Decenter yourself from this conversation just for a second. And I know, I know. As a man, yo ass think you the prize. Everything. That's why it's called his story. Everything has been about you. But I just need you for two minutes to decenter yourself from this conversation and look at it through the lens of humanity. There are individuals out there killing other individuals for the simple fact that they did not allow them access to their body. And I want you to hear what I just said and let you, and I I want you to just hear what I just said and let that sit for a second because that is so inhumane. To think that you have access whenever, however, to another human being. And because you have been denied that access, you kill that person. You take them away from their family, from their friends, from their loved ones. Because they did not validate your ego in that moment. You know, ladies, we got a little bit of equality, but I need us to also be 50% of the homicides. I need us to be 50% of the burglaries. I need us to be 50% of the assaults. Because unless we are Malcolm X in some capacity of this shit, they gonna continue to think that we are only Martin Luther King Jr., And baby, some of the voices in the women's movement are peaceful. You know, they are like the Martin Luther King Jr. You slap one cheek. I don't even know how the fucking saying goes. You slap one cheek, they give you the other one a slap. Yeah, fuck it. Since we are back in 1960, dealing with terrorist organizations that directly want to stop our progress, I'm going to be Malcolm X about the situation. Fuck you. Fuck every single one of you incels. Fuck every single one of you anti-feminists. Because for the simple fact that instead of you bettering yourself, instead of you washing your ass, instead of you brushing your teeth, instead of going to therapy, instead of getting a fucking job, instead of going to school and making yourself better, Instead of healing your fucking trauma, instead of not being a homophobe, instead of not being a fucking transphobe, you put your emotional burdens on every woman and woman presenting individual in your life and you take no fucking accountability. The war that we are currently sitting in is because men are emotional and can't fucking check their ego. I said what the fuck I said. And I will say it again. For those in the back who maybe did not get to hear me loud 
and clear. It is open season. Women, strap the fuck up. Self-defense is going to have to be a priority. We have to teach the younger generation how to be self-sufficient. So I bring this information to you all because I want you all to understand how very real it is for the women in your life. How real it is for the women presenting, for the femme, for the queer individuals in your life. I want you all to understand that you as a man, you all need to understand your privilege. That because you have autonomy, someone won't kill you. And I want you all to understand it is very real for the women and the women presenting individuals in your life. And I want you all to understand it for yourselves. Not because of the women in your life, but because you as a man want to be better. And I'm looking for way more men to want to be better. Hey, 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 and welcome back to Random Realities. I've not done Random Realities in so long. Now, I'm just going to use this week's random reality to nerd out on something that I normally like to nerd out on, and that's astrology. Y'all should have guessed where we were going with this. (laughs) And I want to kind of teach you all something about astrology houses. You all are probably saying, what the fuck? is a house and like why do I care about astrology and why do I care about the signs and why do and why do I care about houses like I thought we were just talking about the 12 zodiac signs like where do houses even come from and that's a really really good question because if you all know the 12 zodiac signs you have Aries Taurus Gemini Cancer Leo Virgo Libra Scorpio Sagittarius Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. And everyone has a sun sign, which out of all of those 12 signs that I just named off, your birthday is one of those, right? Your sun sign is one of those 12 zodiacs that I just named. And what's very interesting about that is that that also means that your zodiac sun sign lives somewhere. The sun sign, which is you, that sun was a particular place in the universe when you were born. Because if you can remember, if you've been listening to me for a while, but if you're, if you've not, welcome. And I will go ahead and explain it to you. If you are thinking about a birth chart and what the hell a birth chart is, it's basically a snapshot of the universe at the time you were born. So the sun was positioned somewhere, Mercury was positioned somewhere, the earth was positioned somewhere, the moon was positioned somewhere, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Uranus, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, they were all somewhere in our galaxy at the time that you were born. They were in different places around in our solar system. And that's very important. Because each one of those planets and where they were located at the time you were born adds to who you are as an individual. And that's pretty much just a quick definition and breakdown of a birth chart. So 
When I say your sun was somewhere, that means that it was somewhere in our galaxy. It was in a house. It lived somewhere. It was chilling out somewhere when you were born. And what's very interesting is that we call those places or those pieces of pie. Think of you being in the middle and a larger circle, a larger ring on the outside of you, and then divide that circle into 12 slices like a pie. Each one of those 12 slices are Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, just all 12 of those slices are one of the zodiacs. And that is a representation visually of houses. Each one of those slices are also considered a house. And if you think of yourself in the center of that pie, the planets move counterclockwise through those slices of pie. So that means that at one point, your son was in the first slice of pie, and then it moved into the second slice of pie, and then it moved into the third slice of pie, and it moves over and over and over through all 12 slices of that pie because our orbit goes in a circle. It goes around. So just to give a recap, think of a pie with 12 slices, and each one of those slices represents one of the 12 zodiacs. And each one of those slices of pie are a different flavor. You bought yourself a Costco multi-flavored pie or like a Mariano's version of a variety pack of cakes. So think of your one pie with 12 slices and each slice is a different flavor. Now, attribute those flavors to the 12 different zodiacs. So Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, so on and so forth. Now that we have that visualization, we're going to break down your houses. And now you're probably thinking, okay, I got my one pie or my one cake with 12 slices and each slice is a different flavor. What does that mean? Each one of those particular flavors are going to have characteristics. And today, during this random reality, I'm going to explain to you what those characteristics are. And why this is important is because if your son, which represents who you are, your personality, how you show up, show up in the world, because all the planets represent something different of you. And as an example, the sun represents who you are. The sun is representation of Leo. It is pretty much your pride, your ego, your outside face. Where the sun was in the time of when you were born, where, which, where the sun falls and which one of those slices of pie and which one of those slices of cake is going to add an extra layer to your personality. So let me give you the personality of each one of the 12 houses and then I'm going to break it down to you using the planet of Venus because I think we all can have a pretty 
fair understanding of what Venus represents. When you hear Venus or the planet of Venus, you think of femininity, you think of luxury, you think of love, you think of girly things, you think of passion, you think of sex, all those good things, true. That's exactly what the planet of Venus represents. So it's gonna be a really good example to use. So let's go ahead and break down each one of your houses and what those personalities are. So your first slice always starts to the left. Think of nine o'clock. That is where your first house is. That's always where it starts. And then you work down and around just for a visual. That's gonna be your first house and that's gonna be your first slice of pie. So think of whatever flavor you wanna think of. But that flavor represents the house of self. It's going to be your physical appearance, your traits and characteristics, your outlook and impressions, your ego, beginnings and the initiatives, which, what drives you. That's that flavor of pie. Now move down to what would be considered eight o'clock. That is your second house. That's your second flavor of pie. That house is the house of value material and immaterial things, things that you value, material possessions, money, what you deem as being worthy, self-worth, what you cultivate, so hard work, finances, you know, dollar dollar bill bill. It also deals with material goods, material things, luxury, as you all can probably imagine, Venus, is also ruled or Venus feels very comfortable if it's sitting in that second house and that second slice of pie because that is the house of value which if you're just following along from my more advanced astro people out there the second house deals with Taurus because if you're going in the order of the zodiac because the zodiac doesn't go Capricorn in January and then the last one is Sagittarius in December. It goes from Aries with the spring equinox being the youngest and the first zodiac. And then it works all the way around your pie, all the way around your clock with the last one being Pisces. So actually we just ended our zodiac year with coming out of Pisces. And now we are in the beginning of the zodiac year in Aries because Aries is number one. So Aries would be in the first house or be representative of the first house. Aries people are about themselves. They can be very self-centered and self-reliant. <laughs> but they also are the fighters. They also stand up for themselves. They are the warriors for those that are following along in that way. So as a recap, if you would like to follow along, because all of these things go in order, Aries is going to be the first house, the first house of self. And then moving on down. If you can remember the order of planets, if you can remember the order of the zodiac, then that will just make understanding the order of houses even better because they all are the same. So let's go ahead with that understanding now. Let's go ahead and go through all of the houses. I know, sorry, I'm such a teacher. <laughs> Your third house is the house of sharing ruled by Gemini. It's the way that you communicate. It's about your generosity, distribution, your intelligence, your development, 
siblings, family, transportation at times. So it is also the intellect, the thinker. That is what the third house flavor is, your third pie, which would be seven, if you're also thinking of a clock. Fourth house ruled by cancer is the house of home and family. It's about your heritage, your ancestry, your roots. It's where you want your foundation. It's where you want a comfortable environment. That flavor is going to represent security, comfort, family, pets, tidiness, the things that make you feel good. Think of like Big Mama's hug. That's what that flavor of pie is going to give you. Fifth house, which is ruled by Leo, is the house of pleasure, leisure, recreational activities. So if you are a person that's in tech and you're an engineer from nine to five, whatever your flavor of fifth house is, is you being a guitarist afterwards, because that is really what fulfills you when you're able to do music. And yeah, being an engineer pays the bills, but playing the guitar makes you feel good. So think of it in that way. What makes you feel good? That's a recreational activity, traveling, things that make you open up your eyes, makes you want to feel alive again. Because think of Leo, (laughs) Leo, lion, It also deals with your creative self-expression. So of course, if we're thinking about the Leo and the lion, think of the hair, think of the mane. These are the people that really focus on their appearance. So it also is going to deal with how you look at your legacy and the appearance of your legacy and what you leave behind, like children. And then we have our next house, which is our sixth house, ruled by Virgo, which is the house of health. Virgo people out there, you all are very practical. You all are list makers. You all are very analytical and pragmatic. So of course, a house that is going to be represented by Virgo is gonna have some Virgo traits, which is the house of health, about getting things done, routines and tasks, duties, skills, trainings, education, service and strength, vitality, wellness and healthcare about the very minute details and getting those things done. That's the flavor of that particular pie. <laughs> I don't know, that that might be like a prune flavor. One that like really cleans you out, does real good for you, you know, something real healthy. Um, it definitely wouldn't be like a chocolate or anything that's got a lot of sugar. It would be like whatever the healthiest flavor is, that's what that flavor pie was. <laughs> And then we have the seventh house, which is the house of balance, ruled by Libra. If there's any Libras out there, you know that your sign is represented by the scales. And everything is about finding balance. So that's what that particular house, that particular flavor of pie, is going to represent. About partnerships, marriage and business matters. So having to work with someone else, having a partner, whether that be a business partner, a spouse, romantic or otherwise also about fairness that house also is going to represent justice diplomacy agreements contracts things that are official but need to be balanced if they are going to work things like marriages business decisions business partners if you want to figure out 
if you and another individual could work well together, you got to start looking at what's in that seventh house. And when I say what's in that seventh house, what planets were transitioning through that part of our galaxy, which is the seventh house, when you were born? Because some of y'all will never be able to work with others. Some of y'all going to always be fucking horrible and group projects. And that's probably because you got a fucked up seventh house. <laughs> Eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. It is the house of transformation. And transformation works like this in astrology. Shit got to hit the fan for the goodness on the other side. And that's what transformation is. That's exactly what our entire existence on this planet is. It's going through tests and getting out on the other side with a lesson learned and hopefully being a better individual. So things in this particular house sometimes deal with death because we're dealing with Scorpio. It's the very deep, the unseen, the underworld sign. So we're gonna have a lot of those flavors in this piece of pie. You're going to be thinking of death and rebirths, sexual relationships and commitments. So kinks and freaky shit lives here like it would because it's Scorpio. <laughs> you also want to think of joint finances and funds. Now, where the second house dealt with money, 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 it deals with your money. The eighth house also deals with money, but it deals with other people's money. It also deals with karma. So if you are out there being a piece of shit, you might want to look at what's in the eighth house because it might, this life, you might uh, be getting your lick back or somebody might be getting a lick back on you. And it deals with regeneration, self-transformation. It's a very heavy, heavy house because Scorpio is a very heavy, heavy sign. And then we have the ninth house, Sagittarius. So that house deals with the house of purpose because Sagittarius represents teaching, philosophy, travel. So a lot of characteristics and a lot of flavor of that piece of pie of that house, remember? Because we're talking about our houses here. We're also thinking of the different flavors of pies as we go around in our circle. That house deals with purpose. So travel and foreign affairs, culture, expanding, law and ethics. It deals with knowledge, learning, education, experiences through exploration. And I'm a Sagittarius, as you all know, and I'm literally a teacher in my nine to five and love to travel. Like I couldn't be more Sagittarius if I tried. And if you too are a person that loves to travel, you might have some very important planets that were passing through Sagittarius when you were born. You might want to check that out. And then we have the 10th house ruled by Capricorn, the house of enterprise. And any Capricorn knows that they are the hardest working bitch out there. And that's exactly the characteristics that this house is going to represent. This house is going to represent your ambitions, your career, your motivations, your achievements, your accolades, society and government. It is the father of authority. It's about getting shit done. It's about notoriety. So that flavor of pie is about getting shit done and the community acknowledging the fact that you are leveling up. So whatever planets fall within that slice when you were born, 
would have some of those characteristics, you know? And if you don't, that's okay, because we're gonna explain it in a little bit. You just hold on to your panties. You just hold on to your panties. We almost there, we almost there. We got two more. So the next house is our 11th house, which is Aquarius, and it's the house of blessings. Benefits from effort. It's about your friends and your acquaintances and people around you and your attitude. It's typically the humanitarian, the forward thinker, the esoteric sign and flavor of your pie. These people thrive in communities and in associations. These people also focus on charity. This particular flavor is going to be great when it comes to connecting with others and networking. It's also about wishful fulfillment and love. Not necessarily for humans, because Aquarius says hate people, but the love of groups of individuals and wanting to see all people thrive. Hence the humanitarians of the Zodiac, if you ask me. And then our last house here, which is going to also be the house ruled by Pisces, which is last in the Zodiac, is our house of sacrifice. It's about what we give up for the people in our lives, for the loved ones in our lives. Pisces is the last sign. It is the last phase of our life. For those who get it, you get it. And it's about what we have sacrificed to be better. It's what we leave behind. It's privacy, refugee, seclusion, retreating. It is also about the spiritual world. People who have a lot of planets in this placement of the house, because this house deals with spirituality, with the underworld, similar to Scorpio, these water signs, right? Are psychic. They can speak to those who've passed, they have very, very strong intuition and spiritual gifts. This house also represents miracles, releasing and relinquishing, healing, cleansing, forgiveness. The final, the conclusion, the end is what that house flavor is. So now we understand what each particular flavor is giving right? And let's give an example of how we can put all that information together and make it workable for you. So I do want to let you know that it's important to look up your birth chart and you can Google your birth chart. If you know where you were born, what time you were born and your birthday, you can find a free birth chart. So I would encourage everyone to look theirs up. So once you look up your birth chart, you're going to see all the planets in our solar system in a different spot of a house in a different slice of pie. And wherever those planets are, if they're in a apple slice or a pumpkin slice or a cherry slice, that planet has a representation of something. And it's also gonna take on the representation traits of whatever house it fell into. So what you first wanna do is just look at your birth chart because everybody's houses are in a different order because that's how in depth astrology can go so for instance we understand that the first house is ruled by Aries but that doesn't necessarily mean that Aries is going to be your first house Aries might not be your rising whatever your rising sign is that's your first house so for instance my first house is Sagittarius and then it goes in counterclockwise order from there which means that 
Instead of my first house being what we know to be Aries, my first house is Sagittarius. And then the second one is Capricorn. And then the third one is Aquarius. And so on and so forth. And it goes all the way back around until the 12th house is Scorpio. Because if I'm a Sagittarius, the season right before my birthday is Scorpio. So that's going to be the 12th house where my rising sign is also my sun sign. So that's why it makes it a little bit easier for me. My first house is Sagittarius. So that means the season right before me, which is Scorpio, that's going to be my 12th house and it's going to go around in a circle. So you just want to give that disclaimer so that you all are not confused if you're following along and looking up your birth chart and you want to learn more. We'll use my birth chart as an example. All of you all know that my first house is Sagittarius. So that means that my second house is Capricorn. Because if we think of the calendar year, Sagittarius' season is like November, December. And then once we have the new year, we're typically starting the new year off in Capricorn season. So after Sagittarius, Capricorn season is next. Remember when I was telling you about the planet Venus? The planet Venus representing luxury, love, femininity, finances. My Venus just so happened to be passing through my second house. So the second house, remember what the second house was about? Remember what the second house represents? What flavor? When we talked about houses, the second house is ruled by Taurus. The second house flavor is giving the house of value. The second house, remember the flavor is material and immaterial things. It's about value and money. So that means that my Venus has found a way to be really cozy in the house of Taurus because Taurus is ruled by Venus. So my Venus and the way that I love, because remember the planet of Venus represents money, love, possessions, material things. The second house represents money, love, stability, material things. It is a perfect match in heaven in terms of me having really good luck. When it comes to finding people that I end up falling in love with that can provide for me. I've like made jokes about the fact that my Venus being in my second house could give off um gold digger vibes it could definitely give off gold digger vibes for those who don't know themselves but what it really means is that what I find valuable in my love life is someone who can provide someone who can make a comfortable home for me someone who offers stability those things are valuable to me those things mean a whole lot to me And if I can find someone who matches those things, that means we're going to have a better outcome in terms of my love life. So that's why it's important to kind of know the house flavor, because it really does beef up you understanding yourself a little bit more. So I'll give you another example. Let's use the same planet, Venus, the planet of love, the planet of material, luxury, money. Let's put that planet in the ninth house. If you all can remember, the ninth house is ruled by Sagittarius. It's the planet of education, philosophy, travel. That means that that person 
If their Venus is in the ninth house that represents travel, education, philosophy, they're going to love someone who they can learn from. They're going to love being in a relationship with someone that they can travel with. They're going to be in love with someone who they can have, have debates with. That just really means that finding someone who can feed their mind is going to be most valuable to them in terms of their love life. That's how you can decipher what's best for you by looking at your birth chart. And it's crazy because if you just take the planet of Venus, because we know it's about love, what you find valuable, possessions, money, that also means if Venus is in your ninth house and you are someone who works in an educational space, you will find that it will be very profitable for you. You will find that you can make a lot of money in that area, for instance. So let's say Venus is in the eighth house. Scorpio, the dark underworld, sexuality. That means that if your Venus is in your eighth house and you got an OnlyFans, millionaire, good work, good work. You would find luck. You would find profitability if you find that your Venus is in the eighth house and you do work for yourself and you do eighth house characteristic things, like if you're working at a funeral home, so you're around death all the time. If you are working in rehabilitation services, so you're helping people transform. If you're a sex worker, so sexuality, sensuality. If you find Venus in the eighth house, you might wanna try some of those things out. It might be really good work for you. And then you'll look up and be working for yourself, making six figures a month. Like (laughs) I should have been doing this a long time ago. And a lot of people do look at their chart in that way because it really does help you figure out some cheat codes to your life. So I am hoping that that information made enough sense to at least make you curious to want to check it out a little bit more. So apologies if this random reality was a little long, but I really hope that you all learned something. Hey, hey, hey. And now we have reached the final segment of the podcast, which is our tackless topic of the week. And it's been one crazy ass week for Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson, has it not? And I could not end this episode with at least stating how amazing it is as a black woman to be witnessing history as we watch the first black woman be confirmed for the Supreme Court justice. I was moved to tears when I saw Senator Booker speak to her, lift her up, praise her, wrap his arms around her, embrace her and protect her for those three minutes because everybody else was literally dumping on this black woman who has been graceful through the fuckery that the Republican Party tried to dish on her. Because how dare you bitches talk about, well, we don't know if she's qualified when she's the most qualified Supreme Court justice we've ever had. She's more qualified than you white thumbs asking her fucking questions. Lindsey Graham, 
Ted Cruz, your bitch assness. Y'all wish, y'all wish you had the accolades, the knowledge, the intelligence of Judge Jackson. And that's why y'all tried to treat her like she was gum on the bottom of your shoe during the confirmation by talking down to her, talking to her like she was uneducated, asking her a whole bunch of questions that had nothing to do with the fucking job because y'all wanted to make it a conservative Fox News circus for nothing. Brett Kavanaugh's with Lindsey Graham with the motherfuckers like, oh, well, it was a circus when Kavanaugh was getting confirmed. So we're hoping it doesn't happen for you. And Kavanaugh had to go through all that bullshit so that you don't have to for y'all to literally turn around and put her through bullshit. Kavanaugh was going through a circus because that motherfucker was out here sexually assaulting drunk people. That's why it would need to be a circus. What scandal did y'all have on Judge Jackson? None. She actually was the most qualified person sitting up there. She actually was probably the most qualified motherfucker in the room. And this is what black women have to deal with every fucking day. And I can't even say women because y'all didn't do half of this shit for Sonia. And we damn sure didn't see this when y'all was putting in Amy, that other fucking white conservative ass thumb that literally is trying to take away abortion and trying to make a modern day hands made tales. That's why that bitch got confirmed by the fucking Republican party because she's literally about to take all your womb rights away and they want her to do that dumb shit. This black woman, that's why it can't even be a woman thing. I know so many people are like, this is what happens when women are amazing. And this is what happens when women are fighting those glass ceilings and that. No, this is what happens when black women want to show up, want to take up space, want to get shit done. It only happens when black women are making historical feats. Amy Coney Barrett don't even know the three branches of government and that bitch is sitting as a judge. So why do we have all this discourse about Katanji as y'all be disrespectful and mispronounce and mispronounce her name? Like you all showed how overly emotional men can be by yelling, talking over her, talking down to her, screaming when your three minutes was up, trying to force people to do what you want them to do, say what you want them to say. You all are some psychopaths and I've not seen more emotional display of men than I did this past week with them trying to confirm Judge Jackson. Which is so interesting to me because y'all already have confirmed her for previous roles several times, Republicans. So why is it an issue now? Why is it an issue now? Because y'all gonna have a black woman on the Supreme Court until the day she dies or decides to retire. And that means that all that conservative ass bullshit that y'all trying to roll back, all those laws that are in place right now that y'all are trying to roll back because y'all want to roll back everything that has been put into place since 1930 you all are not slick you little snake ass eyes y'all are not slick we can see what you're trying to do you all are literally trying to take away our rights y'all want this to be before the emancipation proclamation 
And that's why you all are trying to stack the courts so that when it comes to actually changing and upholding laws in this country, there's more conservative mindsets on that table that will literally say no to any type of progress we are trying to have. And you all are furious that a black woman is going to get there and be like, we're not doing this shit. What the fuck are y'all doing? What is this? This is unconstitutional. Send that shit back like a black woman would because y'all know y'all know because our reputation precedes us. When Katanji gets confirmed and she get up there, it won't be no half stepping and it won't be no bullshit. Y'all gonna have to get y'all shit together. And y'all are upset about that. All that conservative shit y'all wanted to get done. It ain't gonna get done no more. The most educated, qualified candidate is Kentanji, and y'all tried to tear her down for the simple fact that she was appointed by President Biden, who y'all hate. And then y'all assumed that she was a liberal pick because she was nominated by President Biden. And then the media loved her. And y'all was like, it's a scam. It's a setup. What made it even funnier was that so many conservatives, so many Republicans said she got in that seat due to affirmative action. And let me say this loud and clear. Amy Coney Barrett got there due to affirmative action. Affirmative action let white women go to college. Black women and black people been going to college. Why do you think we have HBCUs? Y'all didn't let us into yours. We made our own. So black women, black men, and white men forever been able to go to college. White women couldn't. Because y'all's men told you to stay your ass at home. That's why y'all wanted to get the fuck up and start fighting because everybody else had a job. Everybody else was getting education, but show white ass. Amy Coney Barrett is sitting in that seat due to affirmative action, not Katanji Brown Jackson because she is more qualified than all the judges we've ever had in history, in history history she's more qualified than any judge we've had in history and you all allowed your racism to show and said it was due to affirmative action okay get the fuck off my line get the fuck off my phone and I hope you all roll over twice and die because I understand why Katanji had the face she had half the time that y'all was talking to her because black women black people understand that we have to be Perfect just to get a slither of an opportunity. We all have heard it since we were children. You got to work twice as hard to get half as much. And Katanji worked twice as hard just to be the Supreme Court justice. And she looked up and was the most qualified motherfucker there. Shameful the way that y'all treated that black woman this week. Shameful how y'all treated this black woman. Thank God for Senator Booker to come in and remind her, shield her, embrace her, give her three minutes to catch her breath because they were coming back to back to back with bullshit. It was beautiful for him to give her a moment to acknowledge the fact that she is 
making history right now. It brought me to tears because so many other people who wanted to say she was an affirmative action pick, that she's not qualified, that she's a spy for the Democrats, all that other bullshit to sweep away her accomplishments and all the hard work that she's done to even get there. They discredit it. Senator Booker was like, no, 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 no. Let me remind you that you're supposed to be here. You worked your ass off to be here. You're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And that's the type of support I want black men to have for black women moving forward because you see what the fuck they do to us specifically and how no one else is there to protect us if we do not have black men there to protect us. So I need y'all to get off y'all bullshit and get back in the game because that's exactly how we supposed to be operating. So I can't wait for April 4th so that I can get all my Katanji merch and I will be screaming to the high heavens that I am so excited to be watching history in the making. <laughs>